Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, December 6th, and I know if you listened to last week's show, I said there wasn't going to be one this week because I'm traveling. I am leaving uh, tomorrow bright and early, but with so much happened last week, I had to jump on and talk about the Omicron variant and how it's impacting the travel industry and everything there. So coming up on the show today, I'll be joined by Zane Kirby, president and CEO of ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin, obviously, with the Omicron variant. On Thursday, December 2nd, President Biden announced that all travelers arriving into the United States must provide a negative COVID-19 test taken within one day of departure, regardless of vaccination status or nationality. He also extended the federal mask mandate into the spring of 2022, uh, that now lasts through at least March 18th, uh, 2022. So if you were hoping, like me, that that would be done in January, that's not happening. Now we got pushed back to two more months there. It is what it is. Going to have to deal with wearing masks on planes and trains and public transportation even longer now. And hopefully March 18th will actually be the end of it. But who knows? You know, there might be another variant as we have come across now with Omicron. Uh, the travel industry reacted with mixed reviews to Biden's new uh, COVID-19 testing requirements and the travel bans to Southern African nations. Um, Everyone was thrilled, though, that there will be no quarantine requirement, though. Uh, That was rumored to be in consideration about a potential uh, quarantine mandate of of things. So I'm glad that was not on there. That that was not part of the rules. Very thankful for that. I think that is a the right move as well. Apple Leisure Group CEO Alejandro Reynal um, told Travel Pulse at AMR Collection's second annual Amazing Agent Celebration for Top Producing Travel Advisors that was held at Dreams Vista Cancun Golf and Spa Resort, a great resort there. He did say uh, that, quote, we can manage the 24-hour testing with the technology we have in place. So I think all-inclusive resorts will be fine in handling this change up. Uh, They were already in place um, very well handling the need to have a COVID test to re-enter the United States within a, a, a few days there. Now, now now that it's down to 24 hours, I think that it's a, it sounds like it's an easy pivot for, for them at AMR Collection, and I think other brands are, are finding that as well from what I'm hearing too from others. So I think all-inclusives should still be uh, solid in upcoming bookings for the holiday and winter season. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some cancellations as, as part of this rule, but I, I don't think it's an overwhelming thing. We will hear more from ASTA president and CEO Zane Kirby with his thoughts on how harmful all of this could be for, for the travel industry. But, you know, there were some recent polls that had a positive outlook that came out in the last few days. Um, a new poll from MedJet and one from uh, Scotch Cheap Flights members, uh, both polls suggesting that any fears of Omicron will not significantly impact travel plans and it will not lead to any major cancellations. Obviously, like I said, there's going to be some just part of the nature of it. We've seen so much over the last year here that, you know, some people don't react well to having these rules in place. Uh, but that's where we're at right now. We're rolling with the punches. We're moving forward and we're, we're progressing through it. And, and we'll get we'll get past it all, folks. Um, destinations all around the world continue to deal with this. The UK changed entry requirements due to the Omicron variant. And so did France. Um, we had uh, others as well. The UK, uh, obviously a big destination there. A lot of a lot of Americans love to travel there. I can't wait to get back to London one one of these days. Um, all international travelers, though, age 12 and over, regardless of vaccination status, will need to provide proof of a negative pre-departure test taken no more than 48 hours prior to their departure to the UK. Also in the UK, travelers must take a PCR test on their second day in the country and self-isolate in their hotel rooms until receiving a negative result. In France, travelers from outside the European Union will need to provide a negative COVID-19 test taken within 48 hours of travel, regardless of vaccination status. Obviously, we'll see how things go 
over the next month or so here. But the hope is that these new rules are all just going to be temporary. And once we get into 2022, you know, it'll be easier to enter some of the top destinations around the world. But for right now, it's fluctuating uh, as it has been, you know, change is the constant here. It's the key. You got to got to be able to adapt and and find a way to thrive. You know, I think if you're a regular traveler out there to my consumer listeners, make sure you're using a travel advisor. I know I say it every every week on the show, but it's never been more important to have a travel advisor on your side and booking your vacation, especially if you're trying to do in any sort of international travel right now, because who knows what can pop up in any given moment. So make sure you're working with an advisor and make sure you have travel insurance out there. Always key, uh, especially for international travel. Over in hotel news, Canada's first all-inclusive mountain resort is finally open. Club Med Quebec opened last week and Travel Pulse senior editor Cody Learman spent a few days there last week and reported on how gorgeous it is. You need to check that out. Head over to travelpulse.com for more information on that new property. I'm very jealous that she was there and uh, having a lot of fun in the snow. And while I dealt with some, some rain down here in good old Georgia as it is still raining and if you hear some crazy loud noise in the background that might be some thunder because it shook my entire house a few minutes ago that was wild so uh club med though is also announced that it's bringing its first all-inclusive ski resort to the u.s with club med utah scheduled to debut in december 2024 that's going to be in the snow basin resort area um in huntsville utah which is uh pretty awesome I'm, i'm really excited about that i think that is good for uh, U.S. travel there. Club Med has an all-inclusive resort in Florida and now soon coming you know, to Utah. So might this start a new trend of all-inclusive resorts in the U.S.? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email address. Reach out to me. Let me know your thoughts on all-inclusive in the U.S. Is that going to be a big thing? I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I, I think you know the ski destinations kind of lend themselves a little bit more to that. It's tough for you know, you know, the beach area stuff, Hawaii would, I mean, I think they can make a lot of money, obviously, but the logistics of it and every dealing with it, you couldn't have very many. It had to be like one specific area. And like, I've, I've talked to a lot of people about this and I know some people would really love it out there, but logistically in, in Hawaii, I just don't see it ever happening. Um, and also the types of travelers too. I know Hawaii doesn't want that. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in Hawaii right now and internally with you know, how residents feel about tourism and, and tourists coming over and they like a lot of people know they need it, but you know, they want certain types and like you want to deal with, you know, you don't want to have these crazies. And I mean, Hawaii was out there arresting people for breaking the rules as they should have been because those are the rules in place. And, you know, there were a lot of stories on that throughout the pandemic that people were breaking uh, the rules. And if you break the rules, then you got to pay the consequences. And so I, I don't have any issues with what Hawaii did over the last, you know, almost two years here now of how they've handled things. Uh, but yeah, all inclusive wise, I don't see it happening there. Uh, if you do, you know, let me know, reach out on the email and, and convince me otherwise, if you think it would be, you know, a, a great move for them. Uh, or if you think there's other places around the U S that could benefit, um, maybe Alaska, I don't know, you know, I'm just trying to think different spots, you know, beach wise, maybe if you, um, could get out to, yeah, I know the club med one has, has it in Florida, they're kind of in their own little section there, but it, it would be tough to, to kind of handle that. And it'll be interesting too, with, you know, how uh, Marriott has uh, gone big into all inclusive stuff. A lot of the, the big name chains, you know, Hyatt and Hilton also trying to do more on the all inclusive sector, but that's mostly Mexico and the Caribbean. So, you know, will they think about the U S I don't know. 
I've spent way too much time talking about this now. Uh, other hotel news, uh, Sandals, also a huge popular all-inclusive resort. They're giving away prizes this holiday season. You're going to want to check that out. The award-winning all-inclusive Caribbean resort brand. They're celebrating 40th anniversary, and it's the 40 Years of Love giveaway featuring 40 days of travel perk giveaways this holiday season. It kicked off last week, but it's running through January 9th, 2022. So you got plenty of time if you're trying to win some prizes as it relates to sandals. Definitely check that out to enter uh, you, you, to win a variety of daily prizes. And then the grand prize is a seven day getaway for two in a Love Nest Butler suite at any sandals resort. Uh, you got to enroll to become a uh, Sandals Select Rewards member if you aren't already, and then visit the 40 Years of Love giveaway entry page daily and play daily by answering the poll of the day. So check that out if you like to, uh, you know, spend your time entering and trying to win resorts. I never win those things, but it's still fun fun to play. Um, I never win, like, any sort of contest type stuff like that, but it's I, I, I do find a good joy in, you know, participating and, and clinging on to the hope that, Maybe, maybe this time it'll be it. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll win that free pizza. Still waiting on it. Still waiting. <laughs> uh, speaking of Marriott, though, I mentioned briefly um, them in the all-inclusive stuff. Uh, they are doing something really different here in the hospitality sector. Uh, Marriott International's Marriott Bonvoy chain is getting into the NFT business. Uh, Marriott Bonvoy will become one of the first hospitality brands to create its own NFTs. If you don't know, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. A non-fungible token, according to Wikipedia, is a unique and non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a digital ledger. NFTs can be associated with easily reproducible items such as photos, videos, audio, and other types of digital files as unique items, sort of like a certificate of authenticity. And they use blockchain technology to give the NFT a public proof of ownership. Uh, Marriott said that each of the NFTs created for Marriott Bonvoy brand is an interpretation of travel from the artist's own unique experiences, illustrating how travel has an unmistakable impact on the human spirit. I love that they made them all travel themed, you know, the the hospitality brand jumping into this. I think it's really cool and kind of shows some forward thinking from Marriott. I'm not going to pretend to be any sort of expert on NFTs, but I do know people making money from them and out there and the younger generation appears to be very into them. So kudos to Marriott for jumping in on this and you know, is likely bringing in some more youthful eyes to their brand. So good for them. Briefly wrapping up what is trending, we sector over into the cruise news. Uh, three, two, one. And briefly wrapping up what has been trending in, in the industry in the last week, we segue briefly over to cruise news. And according to Italian news outlets, the Italian government will pay five. According to Italian news outlets, the Italian government will pay 57.5 million euros in compensation to cruise companies affected by the decision to ban large cruise ships from Venice. I think that is absolutely awesome for them. Good, good for them in, in helping out the cruise industry that has been devastated over the pandemic here. And, you know, Venice banned cruise ships from entering, you know, their port there, uh, which took effect in August. Uh, the ban was implemented after quite a long campaign in which critics argued that the ships polluted the canals and uh, contributed to erosion of the city's foundation. And you, you also had a lot of over-tourism issues. You know, this is all pre-pandemic stuff. And now that it's finally in effect and it's it's changing, you know, Italian government is paying out compensation to the cruise companies impacted by that. So I think that's great. A, a good good thing for the, the government to do there and helping out the industry. Well, that wraps up what is trending in travel in the last week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. Let's jump over to our interview segment now. And now joining me on the podcast is Zane Kirby, president and CEO of ASTA, the American Society of Travel Advisors. Zane, how are you doing? Great, Eric. Uh, thanks for having me on. 
I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, rejoining the podcast. You've been, we're on, um, I think, like sometime a year, uh, probably a month or so after the pandemic wave really took place in 2020 and provided great insight then. I had a different, had a co-host at the time, so was, a lot has changed over uh, the years here and uh, uh, obviously, you know, around the travel industry too as we are still dealing with this pandemic and now a new variant has come across. So just jumping right into it, your release on Friday after the Biden administration came out and said everything, or Thursday, excuse me, uh, the release said that these new restrictions will impose additional harm on the travel industry and must be lifted quickly. So how much potential harm is the thought or, or rather worry here, I guess, um, and how big of an impact are these new rules to the travel industry? Well, any kind of restriction that that puts, you know, new kind of qualifications around travel is going has a has a you know a chilling effect on travel demand. You know, I, I talk to a lot of travelers and certainly travel advisors, and and you know, Eric and I spoke with our our counterparts around the world in, in those in South Africa this morning, and business has just been decimated. Not only on our side of the uh, on our side of the uh, the, the ocean where, where people are desperate to get to, you know, far-flung places like South Africa who have planned trips with their families and loved ones that have been postponed. And, and now some of them have even been canceled. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, these uh, are, they're two blunt instruments. You know what I mean? It feels like we, we should be beyond this now with all of the different tools that the administration has and the understanding the administration has and, and the efficacious uh, efficaciousness of masks and uh, testing. It, it feels like we, they, they reached for this blunt instrument of, of closing the border uh, with, with South Africa and seven other countries really, really quickly. And it does, it has, I mean, you know, the, our, our, our counterparts in South Africa are reeling from this news. Yeah, it's certainly a devastating blow. Anytime you have, you know, shut down borders, it's going to be a big impact as we've seen so much over the last almost two years now here. Um, so you guys also issued in the statement too, like kind of a call to action uh, to to our government and everything. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I mean, it really is. We we want our public, our, our officials, our elected officials to certainly rely, and, and you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, someone charged with public health, right? I understand that. I understand it's a hard job, but we elect our, our, our leaders in a democracy to make hard decisions and to, to do the things that are in the best interest of the, of the entire populace here. And so what we want the, the administration to do is to, again, rescind these, these sort of draconian uh, methods uh, as quickly as possible. You know, we, we've looked at this and we had Dr. Ting from Delta Airlines come to one of our events recently. He, he mentioned, you know, what, what, he, what, are the, what, what are the things we've learned over the last, uh, you know, the, the, the last 12 months in the pandemic? And what he, the, the top thing he said was, we learned that masks worked. And they do work. And I'll tell you that the evidence that he gave, you know, he ran the Mayo Clinic forever. They did a, a study with uh, Harvard Medical School, school where they looked at 10,000 travelers who traveled between the United States and, uh, and uh, Italy between November, uh, or sorry, December of 2019 and March of 2020, 10,000 travelers. They looked at them prior to their leaving. They looked at, the, they, they tested them prior to leaving. They tested them when they got there. They tested them when they got back home. And what they found was that, generally speaking, when you're walking around, your chance of contracting COVID in any, any kind of setting is about one in 100. When, they, when, they use, uh, but when you use masks and you use HEPA filters on these airplanes, the incident of infection goes from one in 100 to five in 10 million. 
So masking and, you know, testing and, and the, the, you know, and obviously the HEPA filters and the great things that, that, that airlines have done in terms of defogging the planes and making sure that the, the, that the virus doesn't live on any surfaces, those things are working. So that we, want to, we want the government to double down on the things that work and to stop doing things that don't work. I mean, the, even the WHO has said, you know, put these, these kind of these measures they put in place to shut borders, they don't really work. And you know we're, we're, the, the evidence is bearing that out as well. There's there's already Omicron variant in 17 states in the United States. You know I wonder how we'd feel if everyone around the world said to us, "Oh, by the way, since since 17 states uh, within the U.S. have Omicron, we're going to cut off all ties. Uh, we're going to we're going to cut down. You know we're we're not going to allow flights to, to to land there. It just it's just a it's again it's too blunt of an instrument. We need the government to to act smartly to obviously follow uh, science and, and recommendations, but to use the things that we worked and that, that we've learned over the last 12 months. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. And these new rules and these new the restrictions and then and the two new testing rules, every everything too, it kind of certainly adds to the need uh, for consumers out there to make sure that they're booking vacations with travel advisors. So, um, but where, where do travel advisors go from here with all these uh, new rules in place? Yeah, I actually asked as a really good source of information for them. You know, we get feeds from most of the major airlines and obviously keeping uh, abreast of what's happening in the Department of State with, with terms of travel warnings. And so, um, we try to aggregate all that information. We send it out to our members in our in our daily news push every day, and then we also you know make it available on our website. So it, it is you know it's definitely highlighted the need for and the under and and the, the sort of complex ecosystem of travel suppliers and destinations has highlighted the need for using a travel advisor by having someone looking out for you while you're on the road. But uh, that that travel advisor's job has gotten more difficult as well. It's got more challenge. It's gotten more challenging. And uh, staying on top of, of everything that your customers are doing and where they're going and the, the changing regulations is, is a tough job. And ASA is a good resource. I know the Department of State is a good resource. We obviously point people there into the CDC. And then we try to aggregate what's happening on the supplier side and send that out to our members as frequently as possible. That's great. Yeah, resources are, are absolutely needed in this time. And, and just making sure you communicate and maybe over communicate too to your clients about uh, these new rules in place and how that's going to impact their upcoming trips and all that kind of stuff. Um, there, there has been a lot of talk to about the possibility of a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel. Uh, that domestic travel, as we know, has been booming, you know, in comparison, obviously, to international travel. Uh, the past few days, Biden did say he's not planning for one at this point. So what are your thoughts on that whole discussion that's been about with this possibility of a vaccine mandate for domestic air travel? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think it's needed right now, to be honest with you, Eric. I, I think that the measures that we have in place are, are working just fine. And, you know, there's more than two people, two million people a day that transfers the TSA checkpoints. And you know, there's very low incidence of infection. If I, I I can't point to any, and and so if if people are able to to move and to to travel responsibly by wearing a mask and getting on a plane, then then what? Why the needed? Why the extra precaution of making sure that everyone's mandated? It, you know, the the, the logistical side. Not not that you know we want to do things that that encourage and that that reinforce the the, the safety of travel. But the, the reality is that I don't think it's going to make us any more safe. And I don't think, it's, I don't think that that move or that step is going to, you know, uh, it, it's addressing a, a problem that doesn't exist currently. Yeah. And one additional fear on top of that, I'm with you there. And it's nice to see that Biden, you know, came out this past weekend and did say that, you know, it doesn't see it happening at this point. I think that is, is good for the industry there. But one fear I've, I've heard, you know, after this new test rule came up, a few different advisors brought it up to me and, and saw it on Facebook comments and things like that is uh, a, a bit of a fear that they might implement a testing rule for domestic air travel now following up on this stricter international testing rule. Uh, what are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, again, I, I think it's a solution in, in, in search of a problem. Uh, you know, again, with, with more than 2 million people transversing the TSA checkpoints every day and doing so safely by wearing a mask and, and social distancing where they can, you know, I, I've been on a plane, I, I want to say every month, uh, except for a, a very few last uh, last year. And, you know, we're able to enjoy this activity. We're able to, to get back to to, uh, to flying and doing things we love and, and going places that we need to without without that kind of without the testing regime in place and if it was if it was flying that actually spread the virus then i would i would you know then maybe that you can make a case for it but it isn't it's close contact breathing from one person to another that's what spreads the virus so we got to kind of get out of this that, that travel is spreading the virus it's actually you know close contact breathing from from people who you know are, are usually indoors and and maybe they're they're not acting responsibly that's what spreads the virus so i i again i want to get people out of the out of the thinking that wow well, getting on an airplane is is what's is what's you know causing this problem no that's not causing the problem what's causing the problem is people who are uh, who again uh are not who are breathing too close to each other and, and not wearing a mask in, in in closed indoor spaces that's what spreads the virus so i think if if our public policy officials actually looked at what was you know looked at, at, at any kind of restrictions around that around those behaviors that would make a lot more sense to me than saying hey let's close the border with south africa right yeah and when a lot of advisors or a few the few that did mention that to me uh, i was kind of on the, in the same vein I, I thought you know i don't i don't think that that's going to happen and if it did like could you just imagine the wave of cancellations that would happen through uh, air travel, especially right before the holidays too, if you implemented any sort of strict, strict, uh, stricter rules now for domestic travel right before this? Uh, we had such a big wave, you know, with Thanksgiving, set some new pandemic era records of air travel, and uh, I think the holidays could be could be big as well, right? Well, my, uh, I, I guess you, you could talk to the folks over at, at ATA or Airlines for America, excuse me. I think there's something like 640, uh, you know, international flights that inbound flights to the United States every day. And there's something like 14 and a half thousand domestic flights every day. So, you know, the scale of, of trying to implement something like yeah. a, like, a, a, you know, that it just doesn't exist. Right. And, and, you know, to ramp it up would take uh, forever. And, and, you know, just because there are cancellations doesn't mean that, that there isn't, you know, it's something we shouldn't do, but I don't see how that, how either, you know, tightening restrictions around flying or, or, you know, mandating vaccines is going to make us any safer than we already are right now. I think we got to attack the problem where it is and, and masks do a really good job of that. And that's why ASA is going to double down on, on talking to everyone, we know, both in Congress and the administration to say, look, let's work with what we have. Let's do the smart things. And, and, and then let's try to keep the world as open as we possibly can. I think that's that's fantastic. I love that. And one area we have seen stricter rules uh, from the get go once they, you know, finally could get back out there is the cruise industry. So what are your thoughts on the current state of the cruise industry and um, where does Omicron fit into that and what should advisors know? Yeah, you know, what's what's interesting to me about the Omicron is, is that uh, and I, I just kind of scoured the headlines before. I don't believe there's been an Omicron fatality yet. Can you believe that? No, from, the, from the amount of coverage that we've gotten that, that has gotten over the last week and a half, you would think that people were, were dying in the streets. And I don't want to make light of any mortality. I think uh, it's, right. it's obviously a tragedy anytime it occurs. But the reality is that this is I, I, it feels like the the, 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 you know, the virus is mutating to a less potent form of itself. And, and so, yes, younger people are might, might be have a, a higher infection rate, but the reality is it's not overwhelming the hospital system in South Africa. Now, we talked to our friends there this morning and, you know, um, and no one has died from it yet. Uh, that, that's not the reality on the ground. If you if you look at the media coverage of Omicron, you would think that, that uh, you know, uh, the, the sky was falling. 
Um, I, I just think we ought to, we ought to be careful and cautious about about closing borders. And and I, I think that we may have you know the administration has done some things uh, right, but I think that in this instance that it should have waited a little more until we got more data. And the data does not bear out uh, uh, you know a, a border closure. Uh, it just it just doesn't. Right. And yeah, with that, with, with cruising too, I think there was a recent uh, wave of, you know, positive COVID cases on, on a recent ship, but I think that's, that's been happening. The CDC had reported uh, a certain number too over the last six months and everything. So we're going to see that pop up here and there as far as travel goes. But uh, with the cruise industry itself, I've been on three ships this year. I think it's a a fantastic way to travel, a very safe way to travel. So anyone listening who's still on the edge about cruising and wondering how the Omicron fits in here, personally, I I think cruising is still a fantastic way and and a safe way to travel too because of everything that they've implemented um, over the last year. Eric, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I'm sorry. That was your original question. No, no, it's We're okay. We're really yeah. glad to see ships back in the water. You know, we, we had joined ourselves to, to Governor DeSantis' lawsuit. The CDC definitely overstepped its authority. Um, we're glad that Judge Meriday saw things our way and and that allowed cruise ships to, to restart from, from South Florida. I know that they are they are sailing now. And, and again, sure, there are going to be some some uh, outbreaks on, uh, aboard and there, there's going to be some spread of the virus because there are indoor places. So there, there are indoor places everywhere. Uh, shuttering an entire entire industry because uh, uh, you know you think there there could be an infection happening there is is no reason at all. And so I actually haven't been on a, a cruise ship yet. I can't wait. I'm going on one in January, and I will give you a report. Oh, very exciting! Yeah, uh, look forward to to hearing about that. You doing a full five seven day one? Yes, full seven days. That's right. Oh, yes, that's one of the Galapagos. Oh, so. what? oh, I'm so jealous right now. That oh, <laughs> I'm very excited for you. That that is that is awesome. So yes, anyone out there cruising is definitely safe. And um, yeah, as we wind up here in the interview, I uh, appreciate you taking the time. I just we do have a lot of travel advisors who listen in. Some are ASTA members, uh, however, some are not. And you alluded to a little bit of the resources that you guys provide, but uh, just want want you to uh, spell out. You know, why should uh, a travel advisor become a member of ASTA if they're not? Well, you know, our, our board of directors is made up of, of 15 travel advisors. So we are the nerve center. Sorry, there's my dog there. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, we are the nerve center that responds to travel advisor pain. That's the, the main reason. We, you know, you have you have a, a group of very, I, what I think I, I you know, may, uh, really love to work alongside the talented professionals that we have. We're here managing the reputation of the entire industry uh, in the media. We're, we're fighting for every uh, nickel we can get from Congress in terms of COVID relief. We are we're working to make sure that the regulatory environment is really, you know, something somewhat manageable. And again, we're providing resources to all of our members to help them navigate these challenging times and, and, and the, the bevy and, and myriad of, of regulations around the world. So the organization is is doing, I think, fantastic work, uh, and and that's attributed to, to primarily our board of directors and the colleagues around me at Asta. But yeah, anyone who who, who doesn't join Asta is is making us, frankly, a little a little less uh, healthy and less able to deal with this challenging world that we find. So I'd ask any of the travel advisors there to to give us a look. You can go to Asta's website. You know, look at the look at the, uh, the the campaigns that we're taking up on your behalf. Look at the look at the things that we're doing on on uh, and and then see if they 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 resonate with you. I'm I'm sure they will. Absolutely, yeah. I I hear from a, uh, several advisors who are are ASTA members too that they they love everything about you guys and the, everything that you advocate for, especially over the last almost two years now here. So I think you guys are doing fantastic work. Keep keep it up, and uh, that's asta.org for anyone out there listening that isn't a member. Check out the website and uh, see all that they do. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate you coming on, Zane. Uh, take care and enjoy the rest of your week. You too. 
Thanks again to Zane Kirby for jumping on the show today and talking all things Omicron variant and its potential impact on the travel industry there. Shared a lot of great insights. Be sure to check out Asta.org if you're unfamiliar with the American Society of Travel Advisors. So thanks again, Zane. Appreciated it. And that pretty much wraps up everything for the show this week. Uh, Like I said, I will be traveling later this week. Looking forward to going to uh, USTOA. If you're going to be there in, in San Diego, let me know. And hopefully we can connect up or something. That would be great to touch base. And always look, always like signing to uh, meet new people out in the industry too and connect and, and, and network as well. So uh, I do have a couple more shows coming up on the year before, before the end of the year. I'm um, looking forward to brighter days ahead in 2022. It's crazy that how fast 2021 has flown by here as we are almost at the end of the year. But hey, that's life. And we just keep moving forward, folks. Alrighty. So that's it for me. Drop me a line. Again, you know the email if you have it. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully setting some things up for 2022 in in the January podcast episode. So if you want to be on, let me know, and uh, we can try to work something out. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great week.